I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who love the smell of shellac in the morning. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it's show number 504, and on today's show, we're talking about mid-century roundovers, woodworking terminology, woodworking with newborns. What is that? Woodworking with newborns? I guess you have to stay tuned to find out. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, I can't wait to hear about it. And and Random Orbit Sanders versus Sheet Sanders. But before we get to that, I do want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler's been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler's giving away a new product each month to one lucky Wood Talk listener. This month, they are giving away a Rockler Bench Cookie Plus Master Kit, which includes a deluxe assortment of bench cookies for work holding, risers for clearance, and cones for finishing. There were cones! You guys know what movie that's from? The audience does. You guys don't have to. Uh, It has over 300 five-star reviews and is a $59.99 value. So enter for your chance to win before July 1st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. And as part of the Bench Cooking Master kit, you also can get a KitchenAid and a baking sheet. That's right, Mark. And if you also want to help support the show, you can (laughs) do so by going to our Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash woodtalk and signing up to become a patron of the show. This week, we're thanking Devin Riles, Jonathan Muse, Cameron Turner, Garrett Robertson, Robertson, there's no T in that one, Zach Cinnamon, Jeffrey Wheat, Tom Mullaney, and Ty Needix. Yeah, good stuff. Well, thank you so much for supporting the show, everybody. We uh, really do appreciate that. All right, so let's get to uh, to what's on the yes. bench. Let's do uh, that. You know, I don't. Listen, I'm not going to talk about shop stuff today. I'm going to talk about my big stupid idea. <laughs> so I'm ready. Uh, I know you are. You're always ready for that. Anything that paints you in a bad light, I'm all there. I don't know if it's a bad light, maybe naive, but I, I put out a video like, well, by the time this this uh, this show releases, it'll probably be a week old, uh, but I put out a video uh, that was telling people I'm going to be doing more videos. Uh, I'm a YouTuber now. I am a YouTuber. Look at me. <laughs> hear me roar. Look at my surprised face. <laughs> you could tell I'm a YouTuber because I look like I just pooped my pants. Um, so I'm actually going to make an effort. You know what I'm talking about too? Unfortunately, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm actually going to make an effort to do weekly videos. And part of the reason is this is a long time coming, but we've got a full-time editor with Todd. Um, I've got a shop assistant helping me out, uh, in the, in the shop itself with the actual woodworking. And I was like, you know, if I'm ever going to do this 15 years after starting, if I'm ever going to do this now, now's like the time I, I just want to see what would happen. Now with, with like an older mature channel like mine, it, I think it takes more to move the needle, you know, just because there's just a lot of baggage to an old channel. There's like, who knows what the status of all those subscribers I have are uh, 15 years is a long time. 
So, but I do want to see with a, you know, committed effort to three months of producing weekly content and, you know, keeping it as good quality as possible. um, What would happen? What would happen to the numbers? Would anything change? Is it worth it? I've never been able to answer that question. So I figured this summer would be a good time to try it. My kids are getting a little bit older. Um, The funny thing is, as they get older, you may not have to watch them so much around the house, but they have more stuff to do outside the house. So while I committed to to this, I'm starting to think to myself, I got baseball practice to go to, swimming practice. Like, uh, it's one thing after another. They got so anyway, legs. They can take themselves. Yeah, sure. Of course they can. <laughs> Five years old. Ava, good luck. <laughs> Let me know if you get there. Here's my phone. So, <laughs> See, so, she, she's got a phone. What's the problem? So, I mean, I'm curious from you guys, you know, having produced content for a long time as well. Um, you think this is a really stupid idea? <laughs> I don't know. We'll get back to you in a month. <laughs> Yeah. Let, me know. Let me know how your numbers are yeah, and then I'll, I'll tell you whether or not. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a stupid idea because I've thought about the same thing myself. And then I thought about, there's just no way in hell I'll be able to make it happen. Um, that is the whole yeah. stupid full-time job thing, you know, but I mean, I, I have to believe it would make some difference, right? If for no other reason that it seems to me it would jigger the algorithm, you know, if you're producing yeah. more content, I mean, if nothing else, Mateo said it right, you know? It's funny because Mateo, I think, was quoting my my uh, channel analytics page. At the bottom, it says, you views are down <laughs> because you haven't produced a video in a while. It's, it's like yeah. you're not producing yeah, enough yeah. videos. Oh, I, he was, he was quoting my <laughs> analytics page directly when he said that. So I have to feel yeah. that it would make some difference. What would be really interesting, and I know you can get pretty granular with YouTube analytics, mm-hmm. what would be really interesting is to see re-engagement numbers, like already subscribed customers yeah. who are now re-engaging and where that traffic came from, you know, I mean, you're sure. talking really dialing down, but I can't, I think it should work. If nothing else, just repurpose, like go back to episodes one through 10 and just shoot them again. Yeah. You know, nothing, if, if anything that's no, in HD. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the amount of questions <laughs> that I get that I know I have a video out there and, and even like mm-hmm. somewhat more recent where the quality is good because I didn't have the forethought back 10 years ago to save all my raw footage. So like it's 320p 10 years ago and I don't have a way to make it 1080p now because it just doesn't exist. I didn't have that info back then. Um, So certainly I could reshoot stuff from 10 years ago just as a better better resolution, but also just better content because I I feel like I've gotten better at it, you know, in in more than 10 years. But more than... Well, and the audience changes so much too. Yeah, you got to you know, change things a little bit to cater the needs of the current but, audience. I mean, they, there's, there's a saying in kind of the SEO world, if you're, you have better luck with a billboard on the moon than page two of Google, it's just, <laughs> no one ever goes to page two of Google. And it's like, you'd have yeah. better luck getting your message out with a recent YouTube video than one that's like six months old. <laughs> you know, sure, six yeah. months is page two on, <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah. So right. if nothing else, just well, reshoot the stuff, you know? Yeah, well, and I think content for this three-month period, I've already got it mapped out. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And in fact, as I keep coming up with ideas, the list gets longer and I just kind of choose the best stuff. So doing it for three months, no problem at all. Now, will I continue after that point? It really depends on what I see. And I think a lot of people have this misconception that what I'm looking to do is to like goose my subscriber count. <laughs> that's not right. it at all. I mean, we we just crossed 700,000. And for a channel that's as niche as mine, as deeply focused into just woodworking, um, I'm kind of happy with that number. I think it's fine. What I really want to do is engage the people who are already subscribed. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where my, my biggest disappointment with my channel, when I do take the time to look at the analytics, which isn't often, um, is the lack of viewership for the audience that I supposedly have. Oh, yeah. That delta so is huge. Uh, which, right. Yeah. It's like right? 10%. And, I mean, Matt, I mean, I look... I, I looked at I looked at your numbers too because that's what I do, you know, and I have to keep up oh, with yeah, you. Obviously. <laughs> Duh. What other comparable do you have? Can't look at Shannon's numbers. I right. I know. Oh Come on. <laughs> zing. <laughs> but yeah, everybody seems to have this huge gap. And uh, you know, I've even looked at channels that are like in the tech world that are way, way bigger than anything I'll ever be able to do. And I look at their ratios and they're, you know, theirs are a little bit better, but still, there's always this massive gap between your subscriber count and the actual number of people who see your videos. So that's really all I want to do. I just want to see if I could jostle something loose 
that causes people to go, oh, Mark's making videos. Like, I, I get that all the time. Like, it's, you're going to get the, oh, you're making videos again. So glad you're yeah, back. You guys get that too, right? <laughs> yeah. So glad you're back making videos. Well, I get these guys going, oh, man, I was just talking to my wife. I was like, I think Mark might be sick or something. He hasn't made videos. I'm like, I'm trying not to curse, but you're making it difficult. Like, I make no less than two videos a month. I've been doing that for a very long time. I don't think I've ever gone more than a month without making a yeah. video. So like the fact that someone thinks I'm sick tells me, well, you know, the system is built to kind of hide channels from people. Um, if they're not no, what the algorithm wants to push forward. I think it's definitely going that way. It's definitely yeah. going to more curated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. And I think the, the amount of steps you have to, as a, a viewer on, on YouTube, the number of steps you have to do to make sure someone's stuff keeps showing up in your feed and, and have control over that. You got to hit the subscribe button. Then you got to click a bell and you got to set the notification settings for the bell and then make sure your overall YouTube notification settings are set to allow those notifications to come through. <laughs> right. Like that's three stages. And, and then and, you got to actually watch that person's videos and engage yeah, with them. So that exactly. YouTube to, will continue to let you know to they're To prove there. that you actually do, well, you know, in spite of going through all that action, now you have to prove you really want to see it. And to make matters worse, the, the main page, your main page on YouTube is really good at showing you stuff that you want to see. So you can watch somebody and think you're subscribed and you yeah, aren't, yeah. you know, just because it's, it's always there. So I discovered anyway, that I this, wasn't that's subscribed all this, to Matt, like four years, <laughs> like four years after I started watching Matt video, Matt's videos. So it's like, Oh look, Classic. I'm not even subscribed to him. I should check. Oh look, a I red button. Right. I should change that. <laughs> yeah. You should remind everybody in your videos, Matt, cause, uh, that's what you God. have to do. Well, you're doing it, so I might as well do it now. Seriously, too. I don't. I don't think <laughs> I've done that once, and not for any any like noble, like oh, I don't need that. I just don't even think about it. It's just not even. I don't. Know, it's not in my rhythm. Yeah, it's tough. It's a really weird. It's a weird world there when you actually are trying. You know, when you actually have to care about it. Like you yeah, have to well, play certain games. I hope it's successful for you because I've done it, and every time I'm like, get me off this hamster wheel. <laughs> Please. I'll tell you what though, man, I kind of hope it's not because if it is successful, I can't keep that keep up. It up. What I'm, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I can't do what that. What I'm curious about is, is how, cause if, at least from what I understand you're trying to do, it's kind of a different type of video. You know, it's not really, a, it's not a it project will. build. It's more of a tip, you know, quick win type thing, which you used mm -hmm. to do that. We all kind of did that for a while and then we moved to projects and then that didn't work and multi-part projects and single part projects. So it's what you're trying to do is a different, different enough that the film process is going to be different. The edit's going to be different. Your presentation style is going to be different. I'd be really curious. Yeah. You might actually find that really refreshing in other words and go, Oh, this is fun. You know, the Friday video is a fun thing because it allows me to, to, you know, stretch my wings somehow. I don't know. Or mm -hmm. you could just find that it's so different that I hate it. <laughs> I hate doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the whole I point, think you're that, right. The only way it's going to work is if it is a different format. I'm still building projects. Those videos will still come out on the schedule. They always would have come out. Uh, this this Friday thing, uh, the weekly video is just the gap filler. So what the schedule is we're building Monday through Thursday. John only works part-time, so he's here till Thursday. On Friday, my goal is to film the entire day, however, however long it takes. Film as many, if, if, and if it's only one, that's fine. But I'm only putting one day into whatever those videos are. One day right. max. Right. So it's got to be something that I could do in that quick format. So it's really just information techniques, dialing down into something very specific. Oh um, boy. You know, Sounds just like kind of quick tip type stuff. <laughs> yeah. Those, there's going to be talking. There's going to be talking. Talking's back, baby. <laughs> so, like it or not. Uh, like today we filmed, um, uh, John and I were, he, he was doing something and going through a bunch of my old tools and he came across something. He was like, what, what is this thing? And I had to explain how it works. And then we started to go through how many tools, specialized tools that I've purchased over the years that I just kind of forget that I have. They're so specialized. I'll do an operation that that thing is built for and totally forget I have that thing. So we filmed a video of him and I going through these tools, almost like they're mystery tools saying, what, <laughs> what, what do you this? think this is for? And then I explain how you actually use it and what it's for. So it's a totally please, like, please say one's a 10 inch jig. <laughs> No, <laughs> that that's a good one though. That would be really funny. Well, maybe we'll do a part two of this. So anyway, um, sorry to go down like the inside baseball track there, but uh, that that's that's what's been going on with me. 
So, um, Matt, what's going on in your world? Where did I put this one? Oh, I went, uh, I went to Cedar Rapids and salvaged a giant cherry tree. Oh, yeah. That thing's huge. They allow it's, anything other than cedar ridiculous. and Cedar Rapids? thought it was all cedar. Apparently. Why? It should Just, be illegal. I didn't really see a whole lot of cedar when I was there. <sighs> all hardwoods. Fake news. It's for the best. Cedar sucks. Like <laughs> I'm anti-cedar. <laughs> Hashtag anti-cedar. Didn't you just do like a cedar pergola finish? It's a necessary beast sometimes. <laughs> yes, my pergola is uh, western red cedar. Oh, okay. Well, it's, that's but okay. You, that's you western. Used Alaskan you just yellow. like look it's at not it. Necessary. Come on. Jeez. They mm, used Atlantic white cedar. Come on. Lots of cedars. I'm telling you. <laughs> Anyway, tell us about your cherry. It's big. Yeah, big I know. Crunchy. How well, I want I want to know the story. How did this come about? <laughs> so this tree blew over in the uh, I had a, like a windstorm there last August. It's called like a derecho, 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 some derecho. Yes. Is that yep. what it is? That's okay. a meteorology for two thousand. Shan to know the fancy ones. So anyway, they had this windstorm that like decimated like almost all the trees in the entire city. Ooh. Uh, I think some of the articles I had saw were like 70% of all tree cover was gone. Maybe that's where all the cedar destroyed went. or damaged. That's <laughs> just, bye bye cedar. Well, it's all, it's crappy wood. So now it's just expect? rapids. Well, they just call it rapids now. <laughs> it's just rapids. It's just the rapids. There's nothing else. Nothing else worth looking at. Uh, so I, I had, I had heard the storm last year, but I did not quite comprehend the extent of what the damage actually means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, when I went there, you look around, and you're like, there's a lot of trees missing, but at the same time, there's still a lot of trees that have not been cleaned up yet. Mm. Wow. They're just laying there still, mm-hmm. like snapped in half or what have you. Um, so this uh, property owner had been trying to find someone locally who actually wanted this tree because it's like, it's huge. It's like way bigger than any cherry tree really should be mm-hmm. in, in reality. So the... Um, they were selling the property this thing is at, so they wanted to hopefully get it out of there and onto you know onto good use before the uh, the property left their hands. So they reached out, and I'm like, well, that seems like an interesting idea. And then my friend Josh, who's also here, they reached out to him too, and he asked me, he's like, hey, I, I just got reached. Someone just asked me if they want if I want to come pick up this cherry tree. I'm like, is it this person? I'm like, like he's like, yeah, that's the same person. I'm like, well, let's just go get it together, I guess. So he actually did a lot of the um, logistical arrangement work. He found a tree service that had some free time to come out there and help us uh, disassemble this tree and get it all loaded. Uh, the extent of the damage is so much that this tree service and like every arborist and tree service in the area is fully booked through the entire summer. Wow. Wow. And they're still cleaning up from well, August would have been a year ago. So it's about, about 10 months. Yikes. That's crazy. And they're still cleaning stuff up. So how big is the tree? Like what's the the diameter of the log? It is 48. Good Lord. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that's awesome. Cherry's not supposed to get that big. No wonder it blew it, over. It doesn't. <laughs> that is one well, old what's, cherry what's tree. What's crazy about it is the cherry tree blew over. Like most of the trees on that property were like just destroyed. So there was a white oak tree right next to it that was fine, but it is dead. It's dead standing now. And then right next to that one is a white oak tree that's literally snapped in half. Yeah. About four feet in diameter. Mm. Just snapped in half. Wow. And like, oh, okay. So the cherry tree got lucky because it had like a poor root system and it uprooted in the wind instead of like right. snapping off. Yeah. I mean, so that, that's the funny thing is a lot of people don't realize like, oh, you know, don't cut down the tree, let it grow, you know, grow to an old age. A lot of those domestics, no they're not really <laughs> that old. Like they're not meant to live that long. They get really weak when they get like, you know, 50 plus years old. Um, Mm-hmm. Just the right. way hardwood is structured. It doesn't, old growth hardwood is actually weaker than faster growing new growth hardwood because of the way the ring, the pores are structured. Yeah, Fun I think fact. One of the things that <laughs> I, I find when I like, I share these things is like people have no idea how young these trees actually are. Like right. They see a tree that big and they're like, oh, it's like 400 years old. Right. It's not a redwood. <laughs> no. Folks. It's not a sequoia. <laughs> <laughs> what would you uh, estimate the age of that one would be? That one was about. Uh, 80 to a hundred. Damn. That's an wow. old cherry tree. Like 40 yeah. or 50 years old is like a seriously mature cherry or maple or oak. Oak is a bit older, but man, they just don't live that long. That's crazy. 
<laughs> no, normally they don't. Normally at that by that point they've started to like rot out or right. have some yeah, kind of they, other they fall disease or damage. They, right. Mm. Yeah, but this one was still solid. That's wow. crazy. I got a really important question for you though. Um can I have some? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Because that's amazing. I looked at that. I'm like, oh, I wish I lived closer. I mean, only if you cut it up with small furniture parts. Yeah. Well, I was going to make, you know, pen blanks. Pen blanks. <laughs> Got to be pen blanks. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe you come out here and we cut it up together. Yeah. Okay. That'll be fun. Well, that's cool. So what do you have a um, uh, destiny for this? Is there, is there a planned project or this was like material yeah, actually, that I needed to get? So this, this came up. Uh, pretty conveniently so for i mean for a while i've been wanting to make a, a bombay chest mm-hmm. and to do that usually carve the sides out of like a piece of 12 quarter or a little bit thicker uh and you if you do it right you want like a like a literal slab so like the case size bombay one cherry wide chest. piece that's just not possible yeah. that's so cool <laughs> isn't it cool oh my now. <laughs> i'm always because the the high boy and the secretary desk are cherries so i'm like i want to do a bombay chest and cherry to match them all but you gotta get a big cherry tree i'm like that's not gonna happen right. like every day matt is basically so securing like, his legacy and the annals in the, in, in the annals of woodworking in the annals in the annals he's he's gonna find a spot in the smithsonian because of this rare unusual cherry bombay chest you know? oh man yes i want to well, hear more about matt's annals yeah i just yeah, basically please. said that so that we have a title for the show Guess what I'm typing right now. <laughs> extra, the time extra code and the title. <laughs> That's Harry Angels. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, Rockler's going to love that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, enough about your Harry Angels. Uh, Shannon, what you got going on? Uh, it's It's very funny because... We're kind of, hopefully, fingers crossed, coming out of the whole COVID thing. And, you know, people are opening up again. I've, Seems that way. I've gone back to work. Like, this commute thing is ridiculous after having not commuted <laughs> for like a year. But <laughs> it's so weird. Now I'm getting approached left and right by woodworking guilds to do Zoom presentations because they're all still virtual. Um, you would have think that like a year ago, this would have been a big deal. But I think they just, a lot of woodworking guilds just shut down and just weren't really doing anything. So now like they want to get back to woodworking. So this summer (laughs) I have 23 (laughs) guild presentations. Dang, dude. I didn't really think that through, but, uh, no wonder you can't make more YouTube videos. Well, well, you know, to be doing that crap, to be perfectly honest, a lot of, you know, when somebody approaches me and they say, we want, you know, do you want to do this? I usually respond with what would your group find interesting that would resonate most mm-hmm. with your group so you're gonna say what are you paying me yeah <laughs> how much money do you that's, have that's the, that's the third call <laughs> but it nine times out of ten it's something that i already have a youtube video for you know but they they want kind of the q a aspect of it so the, the beauty of it is i'm not i don't have to do a huge amount of prep because i kind of already did it um, it's so a topic you've nailed. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's just creating some, you know, visuals and just getting my notes in order, but yeah, over, uh, the month of June, I'm doing four of them in the next couple of weeks and I've got eight in July. It's just kind of nuts. So <laughs> Damn, man, yeah, what? it's nuts. It's this whole other revenue stream that I'd never really, you know, I dabbled in it and done, but you're going hard into this. <laughs> sure. Going crazy. It was never That's really the lot. intention. It just kind of perfect storm. I started getting these emails and you know, it's fun. You know, you can say no sometimes. Yeah, I know. But, or like me, <laughs> say no every time. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. I've, I've done that. Well, see, there you go. <laughs> Shannon's making up for us not doing them. Yeah. Well, fine. well if he's doing them, we don't have to. So that's it's fine. That's it. So, yeah. <laughs> if you're good, good out luck, there man. and you're it's looking awesome. for a presenter, uh, feel free to reach out to me, but it's not going to be this summer. <laughs> He's busy, so you know, book ahead. I don't know, book early. I mean, that's fun. like a lot of. I do. That's a lot of gills and clubs, like in general. If you think well, about, and, like, and that's the other thing. It's kind how of many like, are there out there? I was going to say, are there actually? Are there eight of them? <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> you know, it's highly possible um, that I'm doing presentations to duplicate gills, and I don't even know it. Like, yeah, they got your name backwards. So you're Roger Shannon yeah. in, in one of the other ones. Let's, let's call him back next month. See if he notices. That's great, man. Yeah. He won't. Well, good, good. Good for you. Oh. And it's good to hear that the guilds are, um, you know, doing what they have to do to keep their um, their meetings going. Well, and I, think, cool. I think, honestly, that's a lot of it. It's like, that must be really tough for a guild to have to continue to do Zoom calls and like, how do we make this exciting? And 
I figured that's one thing I've gotten good uh, at is doing live streams. So why not? You know, it's uh, tough to keep those things going in person, like with the regular meetings, let alone when that falls apart. So yeah, our local one, I think they were saying they have more attendance now. That's everyone to this date has told me the same thing. And that's why I wonder if they're just keeping with Zoom because it's just easier. I mean, I know if if I had a local guild, I probably wouldn't go to it very often because it would just be the, the inconvenience of having to go somewhere. But if it were virtual, I would definitely tune in. So yeah, for, for me, it's like the worst time of day. It's like a t- I think it's Tuesday, at like seven o'clock. Like I got kids that I got to eat dinner and go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough I time. Fortunately go, but I can watch yeah. it online. There you go. Cool. All right, Shannon, why don't you give them uh, give us some of that sweet, kickback. Some of that sweet kickback. <laughs> so this is, this is from Tucson trip. He says, when you guys were discussing beadlock, Shannon stated, started talking about the advantage of being able to do loose tenon with the domino. Mark said he never uses the loose setting on his domino because, quote, there's no need to have lateral movement, end quote. I would point out that when I join a wide table apron to a leg, I set the top domino tight and the bottom domino to the loose setting. This fixes the top tenon, and if there's any wood movement, the movement will happen away from the top. Just my two cents. Keep it the great work. I enjoy the show. Wait. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay. You guys see what? the problem here? Okay. Is he not, is he gluing it? I, I don't know. Uh, I would assume so. Uh, Trip. the problem is if you glue both of the tenons in place, then you may as well not have the gap. Right. Right. If the wood expands enough to bust that glue joint, which is what you're counting on, um, you're in trouble anyway. So uh, I, I don't see how that offers you any advantage outside of, um, I mean, it doesn't even offer you, like a lot of times the reason someone would do this is you would make them both loose so that you have a little bit of positioning options to get your apron nice and flush with the top of the leg. Uh, but if you're going tight at the top, that's not going to be an option. So I feel like you just completely negate the whole point of what you're trying to do by gluing that bottom mortise and tenon together. Unless he's leaving it dry, but I don't like the idea of leaving a loose tenon dry. I would at least want to glue it like onto the apron side or something. Yeah, I don't like that idea at all. Or you like peg it. Just seems, well, if you how wide is the apron? It. You got to leave it loose. Well, that's the other thing, really. Uh, ultimately, unless you're doing like an eight inch wide apron, I, I don't know where you're going to have this wood movement issue to deal with. Anyway, not to poop on trip, but <laughs> it's. It, I don't. I don't think that that makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Not to take it down a poop trip. Not to poop on trip, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, um, do you guys know? <laughs> do you guys know who also likes to poop on trip? <laughs> no, one makes a, no one makes a really good poop trip, a trip to Rockler. I can tell you that much. I don't even know if they have bathrooms that you can use, but if you got to go, they might. They do. <laughs> Well, they have bathrooms. I, I guarantee you most of the Rockler catalogs are, are in a bathroom already. So let's just call it That's what it true. is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about hinges. The success of this show hinges upon nope, Rockler. No, nope, no, nope, too nope. late. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, choosing the best hinge for your project can be pretty complicated. That's why Rockler has created a comprehensive hinge guide that walks you through all of the options so you can find the perfect hinge for your project. The guide includes an overview video, uh, video sorry, uh, in-depth buying guides, and even a glossary of terms so that you can impress your friends with your knowledge of hinge nomenclature. Uh, with Rockler's oh, sweet, right? I know. Always want to impress your friends. That's that's really 
kind of one of Shannon's like personal tenants, right? Like to impress people with nomenclature. Mm. You know, people really liked our, our trivia episode. So maybe we should do a <laughs> Cabot Hinge edition. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> well, with the rocket selection of nearly 300 hinges, there's a hinge solution for every situation from feature-rich European cabinet hinges to decorative replacement hinges to torsion hinges for chests and uh, box lids. Now, you'll find all of them uh, and the guide at rockler.com slash hinges, or you could find the link in the show notes that we will have up on the website. So again, that's rockler.com hinges. You need to know something about your hinges? Go check out this guide. Pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. Man, good idea. Another flawless ad, baby. Man, the cheesiness of that, of that line. <laughs> I nail it every time. The show hinges upon. <laughs> wow. It's so good. Yeah. It's, that's, not, it's so something. <laughs> I don't know if okay. I use. But Shannon, Shannon uh, right. let's, let's, let's take put this dog from, out of its misery. Yeah, let's take it away from the puns. <laughs> this is from Dustin, and he says, Lately, I've been designing and attempting to build furniture that I would have described as Scandinavian slash mid-century vibe. So it's got a lot of rounded over corners and curves. And he made a wardrobe um, that he sent a, a link to his Instagram post on. And yes, it's what you would expect to find in mid-century. Lots of round over things. But he said, with, with these legs, the legs in the wardrobe, he means, I took off most of the material with a table saw and completed the round over with a belt sander. <clears throat> I figured that a spoke shave would be a good tool for this application, but I wanted to know if you guys knew of a better option. I don't necessarily need a hand tool method for this. I'm just looking for the most efficient way to get this done. I should say that he prefaced this whole thing saying that he's trying to integrate more hand tools into the day-to-day of his work. Um, I mm-hmm. edited that out. But um, the biggest issue with this is the roundover bits that he would need to create these corners would have like a four-inch diameter roundover. That's scary. It's like a shaper bit, <laughs> shaper bit on <laughs> steroids. <clears throat> so if the spoke shave is your suggestion, do you have any recommendations? So certainly uh, I, I think the spoke shave could be a pretty efficient way to do this. And if that's the case, I always recommend people's kind of uh, entry into spoke shave is, is a, a low angle spoke shave. In fact, specifically the Veritas low angle shave, I find to be, it's like the, it's like the jack plane of shaves. It's very flexible for both um, inside and outside diameter, pretty easy to set up um, and inexpensive for that matter. But it, it can be set up to like really hog off material so in a lot of ways, you could use that spoke shave um, as a as a course all the way to a fine tool. And that's certainly going to add some efficiency when you're not having to shift back and forth um, from one tool to another. If he's hogging up a bunch of stuff with the table saw, great. Then you just, the work that you did with the belt sander, I think could be done a heck of a lot faster with a spoke shave. Plus, I think a little bit more accurately than a belt sander. I don't know. I don't use enough belt sanders. To, to say that I'd be really good with a belt sander. I've certainly used them, but to me, they, they can be a little scary when they get really high horsepower because then they really hog off material. Um, mm-hmm. But what I really think that the ultimate solution to get the final, final round over is using a scratch dock. Um, and actually Veritas makes tools like spoke shaves they call chair devils, which is essentially a scraper that it has a concave cutout in it that's set to whatever diameter you're looking for. And all you're doing is scraping that. It's a scratch dock that's transferring that profile. And they're, you know, easy enough to make just by, you know, buy some card scrapers or grab an old saw plate and cut it into the profile that you're looking for. And that's your card scraper that you use to refine any facets, any kind of lumps and bumps that you might've gotten from the spoke shave work or from, you know, mill marks from the table saw or a router bit or whatever. And it's going to unify that look because that's the one thing you'll find with a lot of mid-century is it's the same round over everywhere you go so you kind of need some continuity and unless you're really really good with a spoke shave and can get that like every time you might have trouble getting to that final finishing look so i do think a spoke shave is a good good tool to use but i don't think it's going to be the only tool you would want to use i don't think it would be your fine finishing tool and i do think a, a, a scratch dock or chair devil or just bit of card scraper shaped in the profile is your, your best solution for that last touch. You know, the funny thing is I'm sitting at a desk that I made, which the corner legs on them all have this outer like curve that he's talking about this Uh uh, rounded shape. And I'm trying to remember how the heck I made them. (laughs) (laughs) I I do not remember about that. I'm actually on the guild site looking right now. (laughs) 
trying to figure out how the how did I, did I do make those legs? The, the, the shortcoming with like a, a router bit is it can be really difficult when, you know, the, the piece itself has curves in it. Um, certainly if they're gentle curves, the router bit can handle it, but a lot of mid-century furniture, that roundover will run around quarters and run through concavities and convexities and sometimes complex geometry. And it can be really difficult with, you know, a, a reciprocal a rotary tool to, to sometimes get into all those things. And if nothing else, just unify the different facets created from one part to another. So I do think, you know, the card scraper is ultimately agile. It can get into the tiniest of corners. To, on, to, on this thing, can he can he turn these? Is that a, a quarter circle uh, at that point? Uh, he also mentioned that he wants to make a, a, a Wegner uh, chair number 25. It's a pretty famous Hans Wegner chair. And all, most of those are not round. They're kind of oblong okay. in shape. They're kind of like rectangular with a heavy, heavy round over. All right. Well, if they, if they weren't. So no, <laughs> no, he can't turn them. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at my video. Sorry, but I'm going to be <laughs> quiet. You know what? I uh, I think I just nibbled it away with the table saw and then used the hand plane and scrapers. Yeah. So a lot of manual work. Okay. There you go. There we go. I have no better work. solution. <laughs> it's a bit presumptuous of you. That's what I did. So there's no better solution. <laughs> no, I have no better solution. Oh, is what okay. I said. oh that's better. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say there is no better solution. <laughs> Come on, don't uh, throw I don't me know, under the maybe bus. Maybe you're just taking a stand today, you know? You're really taking a stand on loose dominoes. And uh, well, come on, guys. I made weekly videos, so... You invented cutting yes. boards and roundovers. No other way. Matt, answer your question. Okay. All right, who's ready for... What is it? Other parents giving other parents unsolicited advice? I love oh, that. let me handle uh, this one. So good. I'm good so at good. child care questions. Yeah, those are Everyone's favorite thing. <laughs> As a, as a new parent, you'll never get sick of people telling you all the things about your children you should do and how many people will contradict each other <laughs> yep. about all the advice to give you. Uh, so just, you know, be a good parent. Anyway, this is from Andrew. <laughs> Andrew says, in a few months, I'll be a first-time father and want to know how you guys dealt with having a newborn while continuing woodworking. Did you put away the power tools? Did you go exclusively with hand tools? Uh, Andrew would like to learn Japanese drawing, but not sure what resources are out there. Uh I don't have an answer for that right now. Would chiseling <laughs> just cause too much noise or do I take a, hi a hiatus and be a dad? Uh, I think for sure, be a dad. Enjoy that time as much as possible because it is quick and never comes back. So that that's my unsolicited Thank God. parenting Thank advice. Until <laughs> you have another one. That's yeah. true. And then another one. Hey. Matt. I'm done. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, you but also sure some days I still miss having those little babies around. You forget how tiny they are. They're cute. They smell good when you wash them. Yeah, there's there's things I remember <laughs> fondly, but I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On occasion, you got to clean those things. <laughs> uh, that's it. I'm out. But if I were still in, that that just put me over the edge. Can't do it. And I'll tell you though, my it. kids were so difficult, especially Mateo. It was so difficult. I would never want to do that again. It was absolutely awful. There were good moments, but holy crap, that like, that was difficult. Like having a preemie and the problems that he had as a baby, that was really, really bad. But anyway, yeah, not to, a, not to side totally different experience. It, yeah. It's yeah. No fun. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could handle that personally. I'm, I'm lucky. <laughs> You're a stronger person than I am. You're a better dad. Well, look, people have it a hell of a lot worse than I had it. So, um, I really shouldn't complain. <laughs> There's always someone <laughs> what, what I find interesting about Andrew's comment is the thought that going to hand tools would be safer. seems to me that would be a heck of a lot more dangerous. Well, like, hang on. He didn't really lead with, I think, his real question here. And I think his question is simply noise, right? Yeah. yeah. That's the way I took it. Because so, here's uh, the thing point. you do with a newborn. You keep them out of the shop. Step one. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like they have no business anywhere there. So I think this is just about noise. Yes. But that's the way I took it. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's here's how I, I I see this personally. We have we paid money for this little thing that sits in the room and makes noise. It's like white noise. It's called a white noise machine. Uh, my dust collector and my machines running is exactly the same noise. And my kids fell asleep better to hearing that through the wall mm -hmm. than the noise machine, the sound machine. Yeah. So I don't I don't quite understand why people uh, like 
go right to thinking, oh, I can't have my tools running because that's noise and kids don't like noise. I can kids, tell you the one thing noise. I do in my shop that gets a phone call from upstairs from my wife saying, can you please stop that? Is chopping mortises, <laughs> chisels, <laughs> chisels and mallets. That's the one thing that gets the shut up down there. Yeah. yeah. Any, anything you're doing with like sharp noises like that, that's probably avoidable, but like most power tool woodworking, uh, it just becomes this like hum, which like helps them sleep better anyway. Mm-hmm. So, well, do you ever hear of people who have a baby that can't sleep and they run a vacuum cleaner? Exactly like that. I mean, that's exactly the same thing. Like, just, like over the baby or noise. just in the room? Well, that's, that's, <laughs> remember Matt, Matt mentioned cleaning them. I was that's gonna how say, you that seems like a good <laughs> idea. Kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> they get dusty. <laughs> just, so I did, I will say though, I did take JR in the shop when he was a newborn, but like you're limited to how many, like what things you can do when they're actually in there with you. Yeah. So chiseling. that was like, I would, uh, I would clean the shop. Or maybe like chop some dovetails with him in the shop because when they're a newborn, also they can't move, which is super convenient. Yeah, there's because once once they stuck. can move, then it's like a different, totally different experience. But when they're like fresh, like there's there's blobs, they just lay there. Mm-hmm. It'll be they're interesting probably gonna fall to asleep see, in five minutes. I'm really curious to find out how Jr's dovetails are. Like, has he cut a pair <laughs> yet? Because he might be a savant now. He's been exposed to dovetails. Well, he's he's written his name all over my workbench. There you go. Uh, so there's that. Oh boy. He's just going to be a natural dovetailer because he's, he's been exposed. He's staking his claim to his inheritance. Well, you know, the funny thing is you guys remember where I lived in Arizona. I don't know if you recall how much I used to complain about the air force at that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, the, and that, remember how the jets were such a huge problem for recording. Well, imagine what it's like when a baby's taking a nap. Um, it did not take too long before the kids just simply became very noise tolerant. Um, we would get jet flyovers, at, you know, right during nap time and they did not care because we also, Matt, same thing you did. We had a white noise machine. Um, so it is amazing how much that will cover up when there's other noises going around. But I think as long as he stays away from the the big, loud bangs, like the sudden, abrupt bangs, um, he's going to be totally fine. Um, I also think when he says take a hiatus, yeah, definitely take a hiatus and be a dad. Um, guess what? You're a dad from now on. Um, <laughs> you should also you should also not. Those things are not mutually exclusive. You can still be a dad and still keep your, uh, you know, your, 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 your personal, uh, what am I trying to say? Your, your mental state, your me time, like having a baby is really challenging on both parents. It's very difficult. Uh, and especially depending on which kind of Dude, kid you wind up one, with. The first one, the hardest. They, they all suck, Matt. I know. So I'm just saying from my, from my, no, no, no two parents will agree on anything. But from my well, perspective, the first one is the hardest because it's the biggest like lifestyle shift. Yeah. But your mental state, um, Andrew, is super important. So if you feel like you need to go take a half hour uh, to clear your mind so you can come back and be that great dad, then do what you need to do. Um, Don't stay out of the shop because you think it somehow makes you a better father when in reality, a little break is going to go a long way. Or maybe you take the baby into the shop, do the quiet things and the non-dusty things and give mom a break. Mom takes a nap. There you go. All right. Enough parenting advice. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that no one would ever want. Um, well, apparently <laughs> Andrew did want it, but there you go. Hopefully it helped. That only one person asked for. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I got a question here from Greg. He says, I've noticed it seems that most starting woodworkers I meet start with a budget sheet sander from the big box stores. Of course, the natural course is once you learn more about sanders is to move to a random orbital sander. The question is, I've never really heard of anyone address what task is best for each. Uh, what is the line that you guys draw between the usage of uh, of the two, or do you even use a sheet sander? I've never heard any of you discuss any other sander besides from the random orbital, besides jokes about a belt sander. That's timely. Is that something we do? Very oh, timely. Yeah. I just, just did. did. <laughs> it's oddly timely. Really, right? Um, he also has a little note here that I thought was nice. I appreciate these comments. He says, "Thanks, for, Mark, thanks for motivating some of us uh, to woodwork our way with power and hand tools. Shannon, thanks for motivating us to value tradition in our work. And Matt, thanks for teaching us to try to word even if we don't word good. <laughs> Great. That's Great. Greg from Atlanta. Great. Thanks, Greg. Oh my gosh, you know what? <laughs> Atlanta. You know what I just had a memory of? Pirates boil in Atlanta. Oh, that was good. We should do and the most, again. some of the most delicious seafood I ever had in my life that I shared. I shared a bowl of, of uh, ocean meat with Matt. <laughs> ocean we should, meat. We should all hang out sometime. <laughs> we should. We should do that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Uh, okay. Um, so I kind of wrote some stuff down because I'm I, hungry I, there was now. A, I know. <laughs> I need a boil. 
Okay. Uh, so I hardly ever use a sheet sander. I mean, I do own one, but if I do use them, it's typically on a refinishing project because I need to get into a tight corner. Um, now if we're kind of looking broadly at this, one of the reasons why, you know, people start with them is because they're less expensive. Um, you can also use regular sheets of sandpaper instead of having to buy specialty sandpaper. And of course they are better for getting into corners. Um, they're less powerful, so you can't sand as quickly or, or burn through as much material uh, as you would with a random orbit. Um, and they've got a greater tendency to leave that visible scratch pattern on the surface if you're not careful. Um, so they can kind of be a pain in the butt in that way. Uh, random orbit sanders, um, they kind of spin and have that elliptical orbit pattern. So what it does is it creates a scratch pattern that's just randomized. It's a lot harder for your eye to see it. Um, they're, of course, more expensive in the paper is specialized, so it's also more expensive, and this is why we, you know, some people takes a while to get into it. Um, now the pad is round, so that means you can't get into corners, obviously. But the reason this doesn't actually affect anything that most of us do is because we sand before assembly, and I almost never have a need to sand with a machine on an inside corner after assembly, right? Like I'm trying to, I, you always want to get as much of that done as possible before you assemble, so there's just usually no need. Uh, to squeeze into a corner. And that's why it only, to me, only happens when I'm doing a refinishing project because now I'm sanding a finished piece of assembled furniture. Um, so I actually think that the uh, the average woodworker probably can go their entire career and never actually need a sheet sander. Yep. Just m my personal opinion. Agreed. Don't have one, never used one. There you go. Same. All right, Shannon, bring it home. Uh, one last question from Harlan. <clears throat> he says, uh, what source do you recommend for woodworking terminology and definitions? I'm just getting started and I really wanted to better understand the language and products used for woodworking. Love the show. I'm a late comer. I just discovered you a month or so ago and started with episode one, currently listening to episode 65. <laughs> so I'm going to answer this Harlan and you should hear it in a couple of years when you get to episode 504. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, the one point, cause I get this question a lot, like, is there a, you know, a, a guide to woodworking joinery? Is there a guide to all the terminology? And the answer is it, it's so vast and diverse that it might not actually make a lot of sense. Um, a lot of times what you have to do is approach woodworking definitions and kind of terminology on an as needed basis. Um, because there's just so much stuff that will just kind of be white noise after a while. So, it always comes down to whatever project you're working on. Like, what do you want to build right now? What do I need to know in order to, to do that? And you'll start researching, say you're building a sideboard. You'll start researching sideboards and you'll come across terms you don't understand. Look them up at that point. There's this fun thing called Google that can really help you with that. But if you wanted to bookmark something in your browser machine, that Rockler happens to have a woodworking glossary. Rockler.com slash woodworking dash glossary. And there's actually quite a bit of stuff in there. But if that's not enough for you, Popular Woodworking did this a couple of years ago, and they've been adding to it over the last five years or ago. I think the most recent update was sometime in 2020, but you can also go to popularwoodworking.com and it's a more convoluted URL. I'll just post that in the show notes, techniques slash woodworking <laughs> glossary. But uh, both of them, obviously, since Rockler is near and dear to our hearts, I want you to know about that one. But I do urge you <laughs> not to... Get too focused on understanding all the terms right away because a lot of it just may not make a lot of sense to you. The last thing I'll recommend is Taunton Publishing, the folks at Fine Woodworking, have those line of Taunton books like Gary Wargowski's Joinery book, um, mm -hmm. the, the, the best finishing book. Who was that? Is that Flexner? No. Jewett. Jewett. Jeff Jewett. That's right. Those books, yeah, it, 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 just look up Gary Wargowski's Joinery one. They all look the same. They just have a different title on the spine. Those books are fantastic for kind of as a reference, like an encyclopedia to put on your shelf. So if you want to know, like have a reference source for joinery, that Taunton book on joinery is fantastic. You want a reference source for finishing, that Taunton book is fantastic. They have period furniture. They've got turning. They've got all kinds of different stuff. That whole series is just a, it's just put them on your shelf. You're going to want to reference them at some point. I still do to yeah, this day. Library titles for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Hmm. Very good. You know, I think he's also doing something pretty good and that's listening to this show. There you not, go. Not that we're an end all be all resource, but if you want to hear like <laughs> casual conversation and terms being thrown around, you're going to hear them on this show. And, and sometimes we actually define them. Right. The word, <laughs> not of, often. The word of this episode is deratio. <laughs> deratio. Nothing to do there with woodworking go. other than it creates trees for lumber. 
<laughs> it creates supply. So we're going real Good. upstream here. Alrighty. Well, I think that does it for us. Uh, remember that we are proudly sponsored by Rockler. Family owned since 1954, Rockler is your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything that you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com or a store near you or use the code WOODTALK, that's all one word, online to receive free shipping on most orders over 39 bucks. And remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk so you can enter for your chance to win a Rockler Bench Cookie Plus Work Grippers Master Kit. Hooray! Fantastic stuff. Go there. Yay. Get it. Yay, Bench Cookies. As always, folks, we appreciate your questions. It's what the show like consists of. If we didn't have your questions, it would just be us talking about what's on the bench and complaining about YouTube algorithms. So we don't want to do that. We want to talk like about every other woodworking podcast. What did I just <laughs> say? Oh, what? what? He said it. He went there. <laughs> so kidding. please kidding, Nick. send us woodworking <laughs> questions so we can actually discuss woodworking on Wood Talk. <laughs> um, if you want to do that. Send the questions to, well, go to woodtalkshow.com. You can submit questions there, or you can just email us, woodtalkshow at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Instagram or woodtalkshow, and the lovely Margaret is there, manning the ship, answering questions. She knocked it out of the she's park. She's womaning the ship. Week. Womaning the ship. Sorry, Margaret. Yeah. As long as she's not nursing She really the ship. did. There's... <laughs> just... Yeah, there's posts that she oh, puts boy. up, and I'm like, I love this. The interaction and the... Um, uh, conversations she starts over there absolutely fantastic so thank you margaret absolutely thanks for starting fights <laughs> yeah, starting fights <laughs> well, that's what talk that's what we talk's all about <laughs> all right well thank you for listening everybody and we will catch you next time bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> acast powers the world's best podcasts Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.